November 2nd, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin, on the very beginning of the ninth Perek, of Perek Eluhen Hanisrafim. The last two Perakim, that's Perek Arba'at Mitot and Perek Ben Sorer Moreh, they really focused on the Hayuv Mitah, on the death penalty of Sekila, the first in terms of how we generally assume the severities. We generally assume, as we say it on Kippur, Sikila is the most severe of death penalties. You got that for Hilul Shabbat, Avodah Zarah, and all sorts of matters of that sort. And then you have Serefa. You see the first Mishnah over here will mention those words. Eluhen Nisrafin. Nisrafin, those who are burnt in terms of their death penalty. And following that, in our Perek as well, we'll talk about Mitat Saif, alternatively known as Herek, that's the beheading. And then the, the perek right after this one, that's after Hanesrafim, is known as Hanechnakim, it's strangulation. So effectively these next two, and for our purposes, last two perakim of Masechet Sanhedrin, will fill out the picture of the laws and details of all four of the death penalties, the Arba Mitot Betin. Uh, so uh, the first Mishnah will really just detail the women with whom, if a person has uh, relations, they get put to death with Serefa. The Gemara then will deal with many of the details with regards to how those matters are derived and some of the specifics. And then the Gemara will get into a more, uh, maybe broader conversation with regards to uh, uh, murder that's indirect. That's where the Gemara will get to more fundamental, maybe foundational type of information. And the last part of the Perek will deal with uh, if there's circumstances of doubt, if people who are uh, uh, determined in court to be put to death and they get mixed one with the other. What are you to do in such a circumstance and so forth? But anyway, that's, that's the introduction to this Mishnah, to this Perek. says the Mishnah, The following are the people, the individuals, who would be put to death through Serefa. Haba al isha ubita. So interestingly, you'd say this is very straightforward. It says a woman and her mother. You'd say maybe that's somewhat straightforward already. Rashi's words on the Mishnah, three words, Bagimara Mefareshlai. It says the Gemara is going to have to explain for us what these are a reference to. Again, we already are imagining perhaps mother in law. It doesn't mean the same act, doesn't mean together and so forth. It's not fully clear from the Mishnah. And so that's already uh, somewhat of a confusing opening. The next line over here is Ubat Kohen Shezinta. And uh, additionally, uh, bat Kohen means a daughter, a girl, a woman who's born to a Kohen. The Torah, at the beginning of Parashat Emor, that's Vayikra Perekaf Aleph, says, Ubat Kohen ki teheliznot etavia hi mehalelet ba'esh tisaref. It's laws which we've spent some time on in earlier Perakim Masechet Sanhedrin. If a woman is born into a Kohen family, she's what's known as a Bat Kohen, she doesn't get the standard death penalty. She gets a particular and unique one that's called Serefa. What sort of status, what situation are we dealing with? So it works as follows. If a woman is engaged, that's what we call Arusa, the Torah tells us later on in Parashat Kitese, whether she's a Yisrael, we assume, or even a Kohen, Bat Kohen, she gets what's called Sikila. If a man and woman, while she's engaged, have an affair, they get Sikila. That's the highest we generally assume in terms of death penalties. However, if the woman is married, and, and that's what we call nisua, not just engaged any longer, and has an affair, well, the standard circumstance when you're dealing with Yisrael is henek, strangulation. Sekila, serifa, herek, henek, 
terms of severities, that's the lowest, we generally assume. That's when it's a Bat Yisrael. If it's a Bat Kohen, we assume over here, Nisuah, and she's married, she's not going to get the same punishment as an engaged woman, whether Yisrael or Kohen. She's rather going to get, at the same time, not the same punishment as a Bat Yisrael. She's going to have a higher severity in terms of getting Serefa. What does the person who has relations with her, the male, get? Always Henek. Always strangulation, that's the halacha, as the Gemara understands it later on in Dafsadi. Um, lastly, there's one detail maybe to be mentioned. We talked about it earlier in the Masechet, Rabbi Shimon's opinion. We'll revisit Rabbi Shimon once or twice in the next two perakim. Rabbi Shimon's opinion is that you flip those first two. He says, Serefa is more hamur than Henek. Uh, to get uh, burned to death, according to the Torah, is more severe in its punishment than, than Sekilah. What's that? Yeah, yeah, we've seen it more than we saw it in its source, and we've seen it more than once. But as a result, you have to understand his opinion. If a Bat Kohen, the Torah says, gets Serefa, what if it's a Bat Kohen Arusa, engaged woman? Jeffrey and I once had a full conversation in the class about this. She's engaged and she's an Arusa, uh, and she's a Bat Kohen. What's the halakha? Now, in general, we assume the engaged woman gets sekilah, so the Torah tells us. We assume uh, the hachamim's opinion that's the highest in severity. We therefore say the bat kohen who's engaged gets the same punishment. I can give her a lower punishment. The fact that she's a bat kohen gives her more severity. But according to the Bishimon, who ba- maintains that serefa is more severe than sekilah, his opinion is a bat kohen arutsa just like a Nesua gets Serefa. But for our purposes in the Mishnah, when the Mishnah says the words of Bat Kohen, Shezinta, if you take a look on the right-hand side at Rashi, Rashi writes, Bat Kohen, Kilomar, Vechen, and so to Bat Kohen, Shezinta, he bisrefa, valbo'ala la bisrefa. Okay, so Rashi doesn't make it clear that we're talking about Nesua or Arusa, but I, I gave you the background on that. No. Her status is about to go in. She's about Both in time of Arus, Arus, Oh, if her husband dies, okay, that's different. No, but she's Bat Kohen. Her father's a Kohen. Her father remains. It must be discovered the father's not a Kohen. She's a Bat Kohen. That's irrespective, even when she's married. When she gets married, though, doesn't she revert to Israel? She can't become Israel. She can't. At the same time, she maintains her status. Bat Kohen, Nisuah. She's in That's the halacha. Okay, even if she's fully married. That's according to the Hachamim specifically, not even specifically when she's fully married. All right, it says the Mishnah onward, it says, Yesh bichlal isha ubita. Included in those initial words, which means to say those are going to be our primary uh, cases. Our primary cases with regards to who gets serefa, or which man gets serefa, in what circumstance of illegal relations. So our primary, in other words, the ones that we're going to say are most explicit in the Torah, are haba al-isha u'bita. Again, I told you in Gemara already, Rashi told us, he's going to explain to us what that means. But that's our primary example. Now, included in our primary example, we're going to derive from what's called gezer shava the following cases. So again, the Torah says somehow, isha, you get serefa, you get the, the death penalty of, of burning. And now we learn from that following several cases. What well, does it mean we learn from it? Gezerah Shavah, the Torah uses the same word, identical word in two places. We have a tradition to link them up. And we learn that the following illegal relations also get punished with what's called serefa. Yesh bichlal ishao bita, the following cases. 
bito, if it's the son of the man, excuse me, the daughter of the man, and he has relations with him with her. Now, Rashi already alerts us to the fact that bito is not per se uh, the natural circumstance. That we're going to have in a few words from now when we talk about his wife's daughter from him. So bito instead, Rashi already, just very quickly adds one word. He says, me'anusato. In other words, bito includes a case of if the man, lo'alenu, rapes a woman and has a daughter from her. So this is bito me'anusato. Le'anes in Hebrew means to, to take advantage of a person, to rape them. So in that circumstance, the, do- the daughter, that's the daughter we're referring to, ubat bito, and the daughter of his daughter, if he had a daughter from an initial rape, lo alenu, and then there's a daughter from her, there's a daughter's daughter from an initial rape, in that circumstance as well, he has relations, a uh, deranged man has relations with that granddaughter of sort. The man who did the or somebody else? Same one who did the, uh, the, the, the honest. If, if it's not... Daughter considered a daughter, if the honest is committed by somebody else? Not a full-fledged daughter, but a daughter to this extent. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, if, if, so again, bito, ubat bito, ubat beno, that means the daughter of his son, his granddaughter from his son, ubat ishto, now bat ishto is the natural, bat ishto, but uh, Rashi points out as well, bat ishto, ben shehi bat bito, whether it's uh, his daughter together with his wife, ben shehi horgato, or alternatively, it's his, uh, his uh, stepdaughter. Both of those are included in this violation and in turn uh, obligation of serefa. Ubat bita, and the daughter of her daughter, meaning your wife's daughter. Ubat bena, daughter of her son. Okay. Lastly, says the Mishnah, hamoto, mother-in-law, ve'em hamoto, and mother of your mother-in-law, ve'em hamiv, and mother of your father-in-law, meaning your wife's um, paternal grandmother. All of those as well are somehow, uh, not crazy, I mean, terrible cases, terrible thoughts, but uh, these are all included in this Hayyuf Serefa. That's what the Mishnah sets forth for us. Again, the Mishnah gave us two primary cases, Haba, Al, Isha, Ubita. We needed to find those and then understand how all these other things are learned from it. It's for that reason that I mentioned that the first amud and a half, maybe daf and a half of the Gemara is technical legwork, A, defining what the words mean in the Mishnah, B, deriving it from Pesukim in the Torah, none of it simple, but all of it, I guess, necessary. Says the Gemara, Haba al-Isha, shenasa bita lokatane. Says, says the Gemara, very simple deduction. The words in our Mishnah do not state succinctly and clearly that a man who has relations with a woman whose daughter he's married to. Those are not the words. Again, the words in our Mishnah are Haba al-Isha ubita. A man who has relations with a woman and her daughter. It doesn't say a man who has relations with the woman whom he's married to and her mother. Says the Gemara, Miklal, we can derive from this, Detarvayu, Tere means two, both of those, when we refer to Isha Ubita, when we refer to the woman and her daughter, Li'isura, we're talking about them both being prohibited. They're both a violation, and you'd independently get an Isur Serefa, an Onish Serefa, both for the Isha and for the Bita. So the, What's that? Later on. Later on. We're, we're right now just the first uh, 
fourth word in the Mishnah. Haba Alisha Ubita. You're right, Jesse. Jesse says later on in the Mishnah, which is a little bit funny because according to the definition of the Gemara right now, those first words in the Mishnah are referring to a woman and her. Says the Gemara. Says again, the Gemara does not say those words. The Gemara instead says. Haba al isha ubita miklal de tarvayu le isura. We can understand that we're referring to a circumstance where they're both forbidden. Well, what exactly are, are we talking about? The understanding of the Gemara is again, it's that the woman and her daughter are forbidden, and it's not that the woman or the daughter are his wife. Understanding in turn of the Gemara is it's referring to a mother-in-law and the mother of the mother-in-law. In that circumstance, both forbidden. That's interesting. That's our primary case. That's when you look at the Torah, that's what you see. The mother and the mother in, excuse me, the mother-in-law and her mother. Umanninhu, who would we then be referring to? Hamoto, mother-in-law, the em hamoto. Again, Jesse, you're right. The Mishnah does go on to say, of course, uh, other sort. But again, over here, obviously, you're not prohibited to your wife. So when the Mishnah says al isha ve'ima or al ha'bal isha ubitam, sorry, it seems to be telling me that both the isha and her daughter are prohibited to you. If one of them's your wife, she's not prohibited to you. So the fact that the Mishnah mentions Habali Ubita, which designates, which makes clear for us they're both prohibited, means they're both prohibited women. Which are what's a circumstance where they're both prohibited women? One is the mother or daughter of the other. It's got to be mother-in-law and mother of mother-in-law. That's the Gemara's suggestion thus far. So that's the Gemara that's far from being simple. Why is that far from being simple? Because we have a mahloket. It's hard, very hard when the Gemara does this. We have a mahloket later on. Adaf ayin vava mudbet. There's a twofold mahloket. We're going to, for, for, for simplicity's uh, purposes, not overdo this if we can. There's a mahloket between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael over there that the Gemara is going to not even mention their names here, but assume you know about it. And in turn, defining the mahloket and determining what Rabbi Akiva's opinion is, there's a mahloket between Abaye and Rava. So later on, you have mahloket between Tanaim, Bi Akivar, Bi Ishmael, and then Emoraim, Abaye and Rava, how to, how to explain them. The Gemara is going to point out that only according to one of that whole configuration will this whole thing work out that the mother and mother in law are explicit in the Torah, or we can find the Pasuk in the Torah which says, not mother, mother in law and her mother are prohibited. According to the other opinion, it's not explicit in the Torah. It's not implicit in the Torah. How so? Says the Gemara, Bishlama, where's the word? Says the Gemara, Vekatane, and it says in our Mishnah, Yesh Bichlal Isha Ubita, and if you recall, again, the, the words in our Mishnah are included in mother, excuse me, woman and her daughter, which we're defining as mother-in-law and mother of mother-in-law, wife's maternal grandmother. Miklal de Tarvayu, we can derive from those words of Mishnah, that both of them, Kitibe Behedya, are written explicitly in the Torah. And you'll open up to your Torah and my Torah and their Torah. It's never explicit that your mother's mother-in-law, excuse me, your mother-in-law's mother is prohibited. It's never explicit. 
unless you have a derasha, which makes it somewhat explicit. Says the Gemara, Vehanach, and the rest of them that were mentioned in our Mishnah, Midrasha Atya, they're coming from a derasha, as we mentioned, a Gezerah Shava. Says the Gemara, this is all fine and, and understood. That's the Abaye I told you about coming later on. The Gemara will say, according to Abaye's interpretation of Rabbi Akiva, Ethen, there's this enigmatic, mysterious word in the Torah, Ethen, the word Ethen is referring to both the mother-in-law and her mother. Right, so then according to Abaye, again, you read the Mishnah without getting into too many details. You read the Mishnah and you could read it appropriately. I walk into the classroom and I say, gentlemen, uh, or women, whatever, I, wa- I want to teach you about something. Here's what it says in our biblical text in the Torah. And so I write the two words on the Torah. I say, mother-in-law is prohibited and mother, mother of mother-in-law prohibited. That's what I write. And then underneath it I say, and we derive from those, and everybody's aware that's the way Torah Shvalpeh works, the following laws. And what do I mention if it's your daughter, if it's your daughter from Anusa and so on and so forth. Now someone raises their hand and says, where does it say your mother of your mother-in-law? And so I say, okay, you have to turn the page a little bit and I need to show you that there is an opinion who says it's explicit. That's only Abaye's opinion according to the Akiva. Otherwise, says the Gemara Ela, excuse me, Matnitin uh, Maneh, according to Abaye, Matnitin Maneh, who's the author of our Mishnah, Rabbi Akivahi. It would follow the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Everybody's very comfortable with that. Rabbi Akiva, household name, Mahlok, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Ishmael. Makes sense that our first Mishnah would be assuming, like the position, the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Ela Lerava, De Amar Hamoto, Leachan Mita, Ika Benayo. According to Rava's interpretation of that mahloket of Biakiva and Bishmael, they were never debating, never discussing the issue of your mother-in-law's mother. They were only talking about what's the status of mother-in-law after the death of wife Lo Alenu. If your wife is no longer there, are you permitted to your former mother-in-law? She's no longer your mother-in-law, or she's once your mother-in-law, always your mother-in-law. But there's never even in that word in the Torah, etin, a reference to, an explicit, implicit, whatever word you want to use, to your mother-in-law's mother as a result. Oh, wait a second. Rabbi, you wrote on the board initially, mother-in-law, that we see in the Torah. It says it explicit. Mother-in-law's mother. It's never explicit in the Torah. No, I told you, according to Abaye and Rabbi Akiva, it's Abaye according to Rabbi Akiva, says the Gemara, but according to Rava, Matnitin Maneh, answers the Gemara, Amar Lecha Rava, Rava, whose back is up against the wall, the Gemara does do this, but it doesn't do it on a common uh, basis. It does it from time to time. Taneh, you should change the words of the Mishnah. You should teach in the words of the Mishnah. Maybe even at a tradition that these were the words of the Mishnah. It doesn't tell us. Haba al isha shenasabita. Which means to say the very first line of our Pedic, which said, anisrafin. The next words we have, quote, Haba al isha ubita. Pause. Abaye's Mishnah has a line on top of those words, crossing them out, and it says, Haba al-Isha, if you have relations with a woman, Shenasa bita, whose daughter you got married to, which means to say, our Mishnah, according to uh, Rava, is talking about a woman who's permitted and her mother-in-law. All right, and really the only situation where you're talking about Serefah is... The mother-in-law, that's what we're talking about. Obviously, to the woman whom you're married to, you're permitted. That's what the Gemara does according to Rava. What does it mean, mother and daughter? When you had the relations with the daughter, that was permitted. What does the daughter mean? That's how Rava is reading it. 
month, right? But here are the words of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, the following people you get burnt if you have relations with them. Number one, if you have relations with a woman. What, what, what are you talking about? My wife? I don't know, get put to death. And her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law, I understand. A woman? That's why the Gemara is bothered. It sounds like those two words are referring to two separate women, both of whom are forbidden. That's why we got stuck. And so as a result, we say, I must be talking about mother-in-law and mother of mother-in-law, both of whom are forbidden. You're right. Once Ravah gets pushed up against the wall because he doesn't have an opinion who has an explicit mention, not per se that they're permitted, but an explicit mention in the Torah that mother-in-law's mother is forbidden, so he has the words, Haba al-Isha, if you have relations with a woman... Just one second. If you have relations with a woman, shenasabita to whose daughter you're married, which means to say, according to Rava now, we're only talking about one woman. It sounded like Haba al Isha Ubita. It's no longer that. It's Haba al Isha, which woman whose daughter you're married to? The daughter you were permitted to. But that's not the easy words in the Mishnah. Sorry. You said she has to be married. In what sense? In other words, maybe she becomes forbidden to you if you, you have a relationship with the mother. But I think if that far, then you shouldn't do that to the person. I understand, but you had relations with the first one. The first one? Yeah. Permitted. That I understand. That's That's what we said. That's the daughter. But you can't tell me in the Mishnah if you had relations with the woman forbidden and with her daughter. It's very clear, son. He's saying the first one is for the first one. Number again, Nathan. No, no, it's not what it says. Listen, here, here's the heading. The following people, if you have relations with them, you get serifa. Those are the first words. All right, gentlemen, here we go. A man who has relations with a woman. One second, let me just write that down. I get serifa if I have, uh, have relations. Who's that talking about? Who's that talking about? The A and D is missing, dude. But that's, that, that, that is a first case. You're getting Serefa for that. I got Serefa because I had relations with this woman. No, 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 for her mother-in-law. That's not what it says. Haba Alisha Ubita. The words in the Mishnah, as Rava corrects them, quote unquote, are Haba Alisha Shenasabita. Shenasabita means to whose daughter you're married. It's descriptive, it's not proscriptive. It's not telling you the halakha. It's talking about one woman, just the mother-in-law. I am, but if it's a woman and her daughter, it's describing death penalty both for the woman and her daughter. You, you, don't, get, you don't get that penalty for her daughter. No, but he's not married to daughters. He's saying... So then certainly not problem. All this is written in the male perspective, though. Bitoa is his daughter. Yes. Not her daughter. So it's essentially... We add in the Mishnah Bita as well. Bita, and then this is Bitoa, but Bitoa, but... We have both. Yeah. So it's essentially not, it's essentially saying you can't have a relationship with your kids. No, no, both. <laughs> both. Both that and if it's her kids. Yeah. Either way. Okay. Right? Bita as well. With Rabbi Akiva, he's saying that Isha is... Rabbi Akiva according to Abaye? According to Abaye, according to Rava, the Mishnah is According to Abaye, the Mishnah is specifically according to Rabbi Akiva, because Rabbi Akiva is the one who breaks that word etin and understands it as referring to two separate women, both the mother-in-law and her mother. Either way, for explaining it, Rav being the mother-in-law and her mother. Mother. What is 
soon as the first relation happens, it's already so you're over, now you're over literalizing and now you're saying you had to have the relations with both of them oh uh, no but i'm saying you're right you are high time we'll put you to death well what if you're not interested in that you what if this guy's not interested in his mother-in-law he only goes after his mother's mother his mother-in-law's mother also high right, so what's how do the second one's quite the hidush that your mother-in-law's mother you're high off for? Well, that's, that's very far removed. That's three generations. Well, just say that. What is saying the mother-in-law? Is that, that's, a, is that already that's a great question. The answer is that the pasuk in the Torah from which we're potentially deriving this from only mentions explicitly, I use that word carefully, mother-in-law. The word eten might include the mother, mother-in-law's mother, which we're considering somewhat explicit. How do you know it's my sister you're talking about Haba al Isha Ubita Your mother it's a little bit of a funny way you describe it. It sounds like any of the um, all right, I, I'm just saying the words don't easily read, but I, I suppose you know. you have that question both according to Abaye and Rava, and the Gemara is going to say, well, you'll see, the Gemara will address that. It doesn't get to right now. Absolutely, no, it's not just, but we're, we're focused on the, ma- the man's death penalty. Well, one second. With the woman? What in the woman? The woman No, because you're reading it as, like, uh, you know, he makes one party and he has this. That's not what we mean. For the woman, that's how we're reading it, at least. With the woman, he gets that penalty. And, and or with her mother. And that's why the Gemara says the words could have and should have read a little bit differently if it's the reading like you. It should have said, Habalisha shenasabita. It's much, it's much more simple if I say, with the woman to whose daughter you're married. No, not married. Any man, any woman has a daughter. Because that's not Asur. I, mean, I don't want you doing that because that's not Asur. You know, it's inappropriate activity, but that's not Asur. And if, they're, if, they're, if they're both single, I don't want you doing that, but you know. Anyway. All right, says the Gemara onward. Yesh bichlal ishao bita hamoto ve'em hamoto if you recall the next words in the Mishnah, as I told you, these first words are the heading. They're at the top of the board. These are what we're seeing as explicit. Then we have these words, yesh bichlal. Included in those are, uh, so the Mishnah said the following, isha ubita hamoto, excuse me, yesh bichlal isha ubita, included in those are, hamoto, your mother-in-law, ve'em hamoto, your mother's mother-in-law, those two, we are, we, those are already in there. Certainly according to Abaye, according to Biakiba, Ve'em Hamid, says the Gemara, Le Abaye, according to Abaye's interpretation, Aide, Aide means since. De Kaba'il Lemitna, Em Hamid, according to Abaye, the explicit in the Torah does not include, right, what does it include? Your mother-in-law and your mother-in-law's mother. It never included your father-in-law's mother, your wife's paternal grandmother. Yes, your wife's mother's father. In that circumstance, that's never explicit. Your wife's father's mother. Thank you. Yes, uh, in that circumstance, the Torah never is explicit about that. That's what we're deriving from what's called Gezerah Shavah. 
once we needed to mention, I, I gave you the heading, I told you, these are the ones explicit in the Torah. Now I'm deriving from it. I mentioned the whole group. What's the primary one that's derived from it? Really just your paternal grand, your wife's paternal grandmother, your wife's father's mother. It says as well, it's really true. This is the question you ask. It's not why those words are being mentioned. Answers the Gemara, Aide. Aide means since. Once we have that sentence, in one flourish, we mention those as well. Lirava, according to Rava, Aide, since the Kabae Limitna, Em Hamiv, Ve'em Hamoto, according to Abaye, neither your, your mother-in-law's mother paternally, your mother-in-law's mother, nor your father-in-law's mother are explicit in the Torah. So both of those need to be mentioned. Which one doesn't need to be mentioned because it is explicit in the Torah? Mother-in-law, that's straight. Okay, Taneiname, in that flourish we mentioned as well, Hamoto, your mother-in-law. So that's what the Gemara mentions just in terms of the initial legwork, the initial technicalities of our Mishnah, defining those first several words, understanding where some of it's derived from. Now the Gemara says, all right, now that you gave me a lot of this assumption of these things are forbidden, tried to define terms and, and, and uh, references, from where are these words? Where did derive these halachot from? Uh, where, where are we coming up with all this? He said there's primary text and there's secondary text. Oh, well, where is this? Detanur Rabbanan, we have a beraita which hones in on a pasuk at, at the end of Parashat Kedoshim, vi'ish. Ashikah et isha, the Pasuk says if a man gets married to a woman, the et ima, and to her mother. The next words in the Pasuk, I'm reading the entire Pasuk, zimahi. That word zima is going to be a word that's very important for us. It has something to do with something being dirty and appropriate and, and abomination. Ba'esh yisrefu oto, and that's the next word I told you is the mysterious one. Ve'eten zima betochechem. So the pasuk does describe a man who has relations with a woman and her mother. Says the derasha in this beraita, enli ela isha ve'ima. All I can derive from this, this pasuk in the Torah is a woman and her mother. What about bat isha ubat bita? What about in the other direction? What about if it's a bat isha or bat bita ubat bena minayim? How do I know as well in a circumstance where I'm talking about no longer the woman and her mother-in-law, but the other direction, she's your wife, she's a woman, and her daughter, and her son's daughter, and her daughter's daughter, whether it's stepdaughter or biological daughter. How do I know that those are also included? They were all mentioned in our Mishnah, the Beraita now, and this very often happens, supplements our Mishnah. It gives the sourcing for the Mishnah. Ne'emar Khan says the Beraita, it says over here in this Pasuk that we just read in its entirety, the word Zima, that, that, that important word the Torah uses to strengthen how inappropriate this action was. How do they translate the word Zima? Zima. Just Zima. Okay, good, good, fair enough for us right now. Vine'emar lehalan, I mean, it's appropriate because we're not, we're not looking for a definition now, it's just a code word right now. Vine'emar lehalan Zima. And it says in a later pasuk, the word zima again. We'll have to discuss what that pasuk is. Ma lehalan bita, ubat bita, 
ubat bena, the same way the second pasuk where the word zima is used is a reference to the daughter and the granddaughter from the daughter and the granddaughter from the son. Afkan, so to this initial pasuk where it's explicit that you're getting serefa, it's referring to not only your, the woman and her mother-in-law and your mother-in-law, but as well the other direction, three generations now, afkan, bita, ubat bita, ubat bena. Period. That's the first words in the Beraita. So the Beraita told us what we have is called a Gezerah Shabbat. We have the word Zima, which is used twice. First by the Hiyuf Serefa of Isha or Ve'ima, and then by Bita, Bat Bita, Bat Bena. Says the Beraita, next words, very hard to define, and we'll have to return to them tomorrow, but read them today. Minayin la'asot zecharim kenekevot. How do you know to make male like female? What's that referring to? Is it a reference to how do you know that the son's daughter is forbidden? Well, that's explicit. Whatever they're going to say right now is going to be redundant. Zecharim, of course, is male. Nekeva is female. Well, what, what type of question is this? Ne'emar kan, we'll have to define it. The Gemara will ask what these words mean. Ne'emar kan zima ve'ne'emar lehalan zima. Again, you have a gezerah shava which hinges on this word zima. Ma'lehalan zecharim kenekevot. The same way later on, somewhere, we're referring to both male as female. Not clear what we're referring to. Afkan zecharim kenekevot. Another hard to understand mention. This time we brought a beraita which was going to explain the Mishnah. It did initially, and now it's going to open up a question, and question number two. How do you know, furthermore, to make the below like the above? What's below and above? I, mean, I thought you were just giving me... But I tie the de- detailing further. Again, the same way later on, the below is just like the on top. So too over here, period. Uh, anytime a beraita leaves you with such a mystery, you know we have to return to it. Again, the Gemara was explaining the Mishnah. The Mishnah's initial statement was a woman and her mother, we had difficulty, Abaye and Rava. The next line in the Gemara was Minaha Nemile. Now that we dealt with that and we explained the technicalities of the next words, the Aideh, the Kabaye, the Mitre, we then said Minaha Nemile. We quoted a beraita, which gives us this pasuk of Zima. We found the first Gezerah Shava. Very excited. Now the beraita finishes up by saying, by the way, this Zima, Zima, Zima business, this Gezerah Shava, this because the Torah mentions a word in one context and again in another context, and we have a tradition to link them together called Gezerah Shava, it teaches me furthermore that Zicharim are Kinekevot, we don't know what that is, and it teaches us as well, Lema'ala is just like Lemata, and Lemata is just like Lema'ala, translated as the bottom is like the top, and the top is like the bottom. The next word, I'm just going to read two words, Amar Mor. Anytime the Gemara uses those words, it means we're returning to a statement we mentioned earlier to clarify it. What are we going to return to? What are you talking about when you said that? And we'll return to that and begin with that tomorrow. Amen. Amen.